The opinions expressed on this podcast are those of Darren Coleman and Elena Hansen and are for general information purposes only. It does not constitute any legally binding engagement between the podcasters and anyone else. Always check with your advisors to obtain your tax and your investment advice. Welcome to Two-Way Traffic with Darren Coleman and Elena Hansen, the cross-border podcast series. On each episode, we aim to guide you through the complexities, complications, implications, and advantages of having money and family on both sides of the border. Darren and Elena are back for another look at President Biden's upcoming changes coming for both personal and corporate taxation. In this episode, they'll focus on the potential corporate reforms. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. I'm Darren. And I'm Elena. Welcome back to another episode of Two-Way Traffic. My name is Darren Coleman. I'm a Senior Vice President and Portfolio Manager with Raymond James in Toronto. And we specialize in helping people who have money and family on both sides of the border and find themselves caught between two very different tax insurance, compliance and investment regimes. So we run a wealth management practice focused on helping Americans in Canada, Canadians in America, and everything in between. So, Elena, over to you. Uh, hi, I'm Elena Hansen, and I'm a founder and an advisor to Hansen Cross Border Tax. And we deal with taxpayers in both Canada and the States who face uh, double taxation issues. Okay, and so we're going to pick up our conversation on what we think might be coming in terms of changes. We have a new president in the United States. It's January 2021. He just got inaugurated this past week. And we're going to be looking at some of the policies and and things that we think might be coming and how people need to be mindful of some of those. And we don't know what's coming yet. And this is just two friends talking. So this isn't tax advice. But we are going to be looking at and thinking about what came up during the campaign trail and things that were fairly certain have moved from possible to probable. Mm -hmm. And we just in our last podcast talked about some of the changes and things that we think might happen on the personal tax side. Now we're going to move and I'll use the 2020 word. We're going to pivot to what we think might be happening for corporate taxation. And this is where you think there's actually more changes to be expected here for the American and Canada. Yes, I oh, do think so. Okay, so why don't we start with what do you think the biggest issue is that they need to be mindful of? I know what it is, but you tell everybody else. Okay, all right. So I identify that there are two potential changes on the corporate side, which is going to be in, impactful to both uh, Canadian businesses that conduct uh, business in the States and also for U.S. multinationals, mm-hmm. such as uh, U.S. Uh, shareholder or a local dry cleaning company or, you know, any service company. You know, when I call them multinationals, I mean, yeah, 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 I'm is, not... I, yeah, I'm not referring to Apple, right? Or Google. I'm actually talking about uh, my you know, dentist, <laughs> right? Yeah, <laughs> right. Sorry, yeah. incorporated uh, American citizens in Canada, right? So, with respect to the first part, um, the new administration uh, is proposing to increase uh, domestic corporate rate uh, from 21 percent to 28 mm-hmm. percent. That's a pretty um, big jump, right? It that is, is be- seven points. It is because don't remember that businesses, when they pay tax uh, in the States, they also face another layer at the state level. Right. So all of a sudden, it's not 21 or 28% tax you pay on your income. It's likely three, four, five, six percentages more. Right. And uh, so now they're in the 30s. 
now and then thirties. That's right. And again, it's not like any business owner has a uh, you know tax preparers with a bunch of cubicles and <laughs> no. super usually, knowledgeable yeah, and right? sophisticated. That's yeah. right. That's right. Yeah, they're small businesses. Um, and they're all working hard, especially in the pandemic. Many of them are struggling. Yeah. Some are doing great, but they're now they may have a much higher tax bill. That's right. So we don't know what's going to happen. But again, remember, Darren, that four years ago, the uh, U.S. corporate tax rate was 34, 35%. Right. right? So, so Mr., I don't want to say his name, the guy that just left, he lowered it. <laughs> yes, right? quite significantly. Yeah, I don't want to get banned off of any public feeds. So we won't say his name. Uh, so he lowered the tax. So now it's really a, just a return, actually. Well, mid, mid, midway, right? Right. Midway. But uh, what is happening is that U.S. was the least competitive uh, country at the, uh, with respect to its corporate tax rate among the developed countries, right. OECD countries. Right. Uh, so it went down to 21%, very appealing rate. Yes. If it goes back to about 28 then it's going to be in mid-range because remember, in Canada, like in Ontario, we pay 26.5%. Yes. So it's going to be very similar. But the state component doesn't help. No, not at all. Right. But it depends on the state. So so that's what the corporate tax rate will be. What's, so that was number one. What's the next thing you think? Well, the next one is uh, guilty. Yes, I need to go there. <laughs> so, so this is, so guilty isn't G-U-I-L-T-Y. It's, it's, it's G-I-L-T-I, right? That is so, correct. So that's the global intangible low tax income. Tax. Tax. Jesus. Right. Okay. <laughs> so. Yeah, so guilty is how we call it. So explain that for the listener. Some of them are listening probably know exactly what this through a painful conversation with their tax advisor a couple of years ago. But explain how this affects the American in Canada who has a Canadian company. So um, before we got this uh, major tax reform, and I'm referring to uh, Tax Jobs and Cuts Act. Uh, uh, that the orange man did. That's right. right. So in, in 2017, we had both uh, the, the U.S. tax system was a taxation on worldwide income for both individuals and corporations. Right. right. So no matter where they had the entity or their money, they had to pay American taxes. That's, that's right. So now the U.S. tax system got decoupled because we have worldwide taxation for individuals, but we have quasi-territorial system for corporate taxpayers. Okay. And uh, guilty is one of the provisions that was introduced through TCGA of 2017. And that is a tax which discourages U.S. shareholders from investing outside of the United and States. deferring right. payment of tax outside of the states. So it speeds up the taxation. However, it gives some benefits if uh, you hold foreign entities through U.S. corporations. Right. So my understanding is that the rationale behind this by the last guy was they saw all this money sitting outside of the United States on a tax-deferred basis in these corporations, and it was really designed to encourage companies to repatriate their money back to the United States, right? Not quite. Okay. Okay. So you're missing one more tax in between, Okay. right? So we went from worldwide taxation for corporate taxpayers to quasi-territorial, but, you know, whatever's been accumulated since 86 mm -hmm. had to be brought in quickly yes. at the reduced tax rate, right? right? 
that was called a transition tax. Right. That was just a one-time expropriation, yes. <laughs> right? But tax you had companies hit. and they had business owners in Canada that they couldn't do that. They well, kind of got caught in the net, right? Well, that's just it. And, you know, they continue being beaten up. Right. right. We'll talk about that in a second. Right. But um, we've brought this accumulation, we pay tax on the accumulations in 2017 at the reduced rates. And from that point on, from 2018 on, uh, we're now subject to a multi uh, deferral regimes. So in the past, it was just regular regime and uh, subparef regime. Now we have regular subparef and and guilty. Okay, well, so we have one more extra, right? right. <laughs> so what basically is happening is that when when guilty was introduced, as I said, there's a significant difference uh, how multinationals are taxed on their current corporate income. Right. If you hold your foreign corporation through an American corporation, it's not that bad. Okay. Because uh, you get a deduction, uh, you can claim a credit for taxes paid in a foreign jurisdiction. Uh, so it's 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 all fine, right? But the trouble is that if you are um, American shareholder who directly owns a corporation, all of a sudden, whatever you generate in your Canadian dry cleaning business right. or dental practice yes. is immediately taxed for U.S. purposes exactly. at 27 up to 27% tax rate. That creates a double taxation. Right, because they're paying tax in Canada at one rate. Well, at 12.5%. At the, lower, at the small right. business tax rate. But now they have a higher American tax. And that's upside down from what they're used to. Usually the Canadian taxes are much higher mm-hmm. than the U.S. Mm-hmm. So explain just in a little more detail the double taxation that they experience. Right. So when Americans in Canada or Canadians, whoever, when you incorporate in Canada, you do it for several reasons, right? One of the reasons is because corporate tax rates are lower than personal. Yes. So you got a tax deferral. You have a tax deferral. Right. So from the U.S. perspective is that in the past, if you had an active business, Mm -hmm. it would be aligned. Right. Okay. Right. But now with guilty, you no longer have that deferral. Right. You have to recognize it immediately. Which is, again, yeah, so you get a deferral in Canada. Right. But you don't get the tax credit. It defeats the purpose right. of being incorporated. Exactly. Right? So one of the ways around is to treat your Canadian corporation as if it's a U.S. corporation. How do you do that? You make a Section 962 election. But, you know, Darren, that's a fantastic business opportunity for accountants mm-hmm. because the preparation of the tax return never ends. Right. Right. So this is why people really, when they if, if you're an American in Canada, please don't play the home game and file your own tax returns because this gets so complicated so quickly. Well, g- let me give you an example. Yeah. Okay. I don't want to go into minutia, but just very high level. So when you have a foreign corporation, meaning Canadian corporation for uh, for yeah, so US, we're looking at from that from the Americans' perspective, right. the Canadian company's foreign. Right. Got it. So uh, and you file that corporate form form fifty four seventy one. There's a five categories of tax filers. And your ownership can be defined uh, directly, indirectly, or by attribution. So for each of those five categories, the definition, what constitutes by attribution, is different. Oh, boy. So even stuff like that, it's just there's so many details. Right. It's it's very upsetting and discouraging, right? Because as I said, most of those people, they're one, two-man shops, and this uh, bureaucracy is th- the wild. level the level of complexity is just unreasonable. Right. So now, and again, this guilty law was designed for apples. 
Yes, it wasn't designed for Mr. No. or Mrs. McGillicuddy in their dry cleaning business. No. So do you believe under this administration, this is going to get easier for people or is it going to stay the same or get harder? I'm, I'm thinking it's going to get harder. Why? Okay. So uh, first off, I just want to mention that with the new administration, we have a regulatory freeze, right? Okay. So that's what's happening right now. Right. Uh, once Biden became president, he issued that executive order that anything which is currently being in draft, not enacted, mm-hmm. is being Sealed, stopped, stopped yeah. right? Until his cabinet reviews and, and decides whether to, to go ahead or, uh, or repeal it. So uh, what, what is being proposed right now, guilty tax is set at the same rate as U.S. federal tax. Okay. And as I said, if you are corporate shareholder of the Canadian company, U.S. corporate shareholder, uh, you get a section 250, 50% deduction. So okay. you basically pay guilty tax at 10.5%, yes, right? And then you can claim foreign tax credit, which is completely offsets the tax. Uh, oh, sorry, for, we claim foreign tax credit. Right. So for, for individual taxpayers, it's slightly different. If you do a 962 election, you also get the deduction because mm-hmm. that's the whole purpose why you want to make that uh, election, election. To, to put you in the shoes as if you're a corporation. Exactly. Right? So what is being proposed is to eliminate that uh, 50% deduction. Oh. So all of a sudden, uh, your guilty tax rate is going to be uh, 21%. Yeah. Right, right. So, you know, the way to mitigate it. I was going to say, what can people do to deal with this? Right. Or so you, around it? you you, you, want to make sure that your domestic tax rate is greater than, uh, than the U.S. tax than rate. Than the U.S. tax rate. How would you do that? So you are not making a small business deduction. You right. forgo that. Yeah. So you lose that in Canada. That's right. right. So, so your whole again, tax bill goes up. Well, you know, again, that kind of a change is how we do planning on the Canadian side. Mm. So when we have uh, U.S. and Canadian advisors, you know, as separate teams for U.S. shareholder or for a company which is held by a U.S. shareholder, uh, you know, they really need to start communicating. Yes. Because what's the purpose to reduce your t- tax rate in Canada and uh, end up and paying? And just paying more in the U.S. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we do see that. And we make sure when we work with our clients, and I know you when you work with we're always trying to pay attention to what's the best net result. But you do have to kind of run things through both scenarios to understand what the actual impact is for the client. Because, you know, you can do great planning on the domestic side, Canada, great planning on the domestic side, U.S. But as soon as you integrate the other system, it falls apart. That's right. right. We see this quite often. Okay, so guilty was a big issue. Now, is there a third one that you're concerned about? in terms of corporate tax changes that might be coming. These are the two that we're really, really concerned yeah, about. Yeah, th- th- that is right. Because, I mean, that's where we see the most of our clients. I mean, that's concerning for us, for our practice, right? Because, I mean, we see uh, Canadians doing business in the States. So, you know, right now, when people are asking us, okay, where shall I keep my profits? Yes. In the States or yeah. in Canada, right? We're saying, okay, you pay 21% federally in the States, maybe 4% at the state level. So, blended about 20 25% raise in Canada, you're paying 26 and a half. It's more or less parity, right? right? right. So when, when the U.S. rate jumps again, you know, you may want to repatriate more profits through management fees or some other planning mechanism. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you have more income recognized on the Canadian side as opposed to because, you know, a few percentage points can make a difference. And I think another idea is that for that Canadian with that small business, so the American in Canada with the Canadian small business, I think not realizing that the holding company is not really the primary place for your tax deferred growth, they should be looking at things like making sure their RSPs are maximized or looking at individual pension plans, something where they can move the money 
out of the hold code to another tax deferred structure that now they're not having to worry about guilty and other U.S. taxes on those assets. Well, that's just it, right? And again, don't forget that if U.S. corporate tax rate goes up, we're likely going to see an increase on the Canadian corporate side. Oh, I agree with that too. Yeah, I think they're going to follow the lead because they've all spent so much money. Now, one of the things that hasn't changed, and we should talk about this, the concept of a PFIC for the uh, the American in Canada who owns a Canadian entity. So do you just want to touch on that? Because that isn't going to change, we don't think. So maybe just describe what that right. is. Right. So, so PFIC provision, I mean, that's dated back to the 80s, right? right? Uh, the statutes and uh, supporting regulations, uh, a lot of those regs are actually in the proposed format, uh, never been finalized. And uh, that applies uh, to corporations in Canada. Well, that, that applies to corporations in terms of measuring whether a corporation is passive or non-passive based on uh, income test or asset test, right? Right. But, uh, you know, with respect to taxation, that's that's looked up from the shareholder's perspective because, you know, your corporation may be meeting uh, a PFIC test. Right, because it has it, passive income. That's in it, right. right. But if it's uh, held by U.S. shareholder as a majority shareholder, mm-hmm. it will not be PFIC, right? right. It will be a controlled foreign corporation. Right, but right? it could be the spouse is a minority or one of the adult kids is or that kind of thing. That, so. that Well, that's just it, right? Yeah. Like it's just, it's just on and on and on, uh, right? right. Uh, but yeah, so uh, as far as we know that there's not going to be any change into changes to PFIC. Yeah, that's uh, already muddy enough for those the, guys, well, right? the, well, and again, as I said, a lot of regulations related to PFIC, they're in the proposed format. Right. Uh, they're unfinished. And that's what uh, the Congress intended. Got it. Right? So make it so complicated and so vague <laughs> to discourage taxpayers to invest in those structures. Now, right. I want to mention something else. Yes. And this is, you know, we started talking about guilty. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, guilty was introduced under TCGA and uh, it took, uh, what, about uh, three and a half years to, get to, to issue regulations. Right. So every Which year. Which is very difficult for the client and the tax preparer because well, you guys, are, how, you don't have any rules to follow. You well, have a that, theme and you have an it. idea, but That's just it, it, right? And the form is changing. So uh, this week I got a, a new version of the form, 5471, and now from five filing categories, we have nine categories of filers. Of course you do. It's the government. <laughs> and I did additional two schedules, right? <laughs> so it's like since the law was introduced every year. We have different different uh, forms uh, looking slightly differently. So, but one thing I didn't mention is that there is a new exclusion and exception. So, depending which which uh, provision you look at, you know, subpart F or guilty, uh, which allows you to avoid guilty tax okay. or subpart F tax. That's another anti deferral regime uh, on the U.S. side. If your uh, current domestic tax rate is high. Okay. Okay. Because remember, all these anti-deferral regimes were mm-hmm. introduced to discourage people, people to defer, right. Right? right? But if you're already paying a lot of tax domestically, you may you as know, well you, pay it. Exactly. You're already meeting your obligation. So again, clients don't understand why we're charging what we're charging. When we when we're working on the tax return, you know, we're modeling out like various options. Yes. You know. Yes. Okay. He, here's the here's the entity. Here's the income we generate. Which direction shall we go? Right. Shall we go? Full guilty, 
shall we do a 962 election? Can we apply high tax kick-out right. exemption? Right. right. And again, every year it's slightly different because yes. we have more rules, yep. right? We went from five to nine <laughs> schedules and things. That's right. that's right, categories. So again, this is important to, to remember that, uh, you know, high tax exemption or exclusion, that's another planning tool available in your toolbox, right. uh, which can uh, allow you to avoid immediate taxation on the U.S. side in relations to your Canadian corporate income. So this has been interesting. So we've talked about what we think might or might not happen with Biden. I think we'll be back again whenever our finance minister in Canada wants to stand up and tell us what they're going to change on our end up here, which could come in the next couple of months. Because historically, we get a budget sometime around March. So we'll see what extra complexity we Well, last we year we then. skipped it, right? Well, we skipped it, yeah, because we ran the government based on the front porch of the finance, of the government, of the... <laughs> right. <laughs> I'll move on from that because uh, talking Canadian politics makes me crazy. Uh, But let's close it there. So we know that there's some changes that we expect to come with respect to guilty. I think the key message is for anyone who's an American who's in Canada that has a corporation, they absolutely have to have a very strong cross-border tax provider to help them navigate this because this is getting nothing but more complicated. Well, that's right. And and again, remember, I mean, there are options available. Uh, It's not like uh, Lord uh, give it, Lord take it. Yes. (laughs) Right? I mean, it just, just talk to your advisor, see, you know, see what options available to to tax your income, whether it makes sense for you to remain incorporated or should, should you dissolve your corporation yep. or perhaps even consider expatriation. Yes, that's true, too. Yeah, we've had a number of people come to us with that conversation around, should I just give up my U.S. citizenship or my because often people are, are Americans by definition, but they don't feel that. Like if they were born in the United States and never lived there, there's a lot of people that get tangled up in U.S. taxation that don't perceive themselves, they don't identify as American. So that's a very valid approach, but then they wind up, you know, maybe actually we'll do a whole conversation, I think about renouncing and giving up your green card and all that stuff and covered expatriate and how much that costs. So uh, we'll come back to that. We have so much to talk about. We do, Darren. Okay, Elena, I'm going to close with the listeners. Thank you very much for staying with us through this. Uh, Elena, thank you. Always a pleasure to talk with you. Thank you, Darren. Okay, have a great day, everyone. Bye-bye. This has been Two-Way Traffic with Darren Coleman and Elena Hansen. This cross-border podcast series is a production of the Acme Podcasting Company.